Hi, you're listening to This Food Thing with me, Gemma Richards. On this podcast, we discuss our relationship with food, whether it is easy or less so, and how it affects our behavior. I suffered with eating disorders for years, and it took everything to pull through. Now that I'm at the other side, I want to open up the conversation, find out how other people manage this basic and most fundamental of relationships. I'm taking a light approach, but I think if this area of our lives is skewed, then so is the rest. It's never just about food. Today I'm talking to Marley, Marley Khan-Stokes. Hello. Hi, Hi. I know Marley from my local fruit and veg shop. Uh, can I tell the story of yeah, how you of come course. to be sitting yes. across from me? Most definitely. So I came into the fruit and veg shop about a month ago, and I think... I didn't wear my mask, and I said, I said to you, do yeah. I need to wear my mask? And, oh. and you said, yeah, you do. And then you apologised and said, oh, I'm not wearing one because I get really anxious yeah. and have panic attacks. Yeah. And for some reason, well, I know why it was, because I've been talking about this podcast with mm. a friend. Yeah. I suddenly thought you might have issues with food, and I said to you... <laughs> you look like the kind. No, I wasn't that bad. <laughs> I said, do you have issues with food? And you had this massive smile on your face and you went yes I'm bulimic <laughs> and I said I've got to a talk joyous to you because you're very young and I would never have said anything like that mm. when I was your age so that's why you're here and yes. welcome and thank you for coming to talk on thank this thing thank you for having thing. me my pleasure <laughs> so can you describe your relationship with food friend or foe I love food right I like I'm obsessed with food. I love to cook food. I love to eat food. Okay. But cook I, for yourself? Or yeah, yeah. Like, I think I've been cooking since I was about seven. Wow. So it's like one of my main hobbies. Like, I stress bake all the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is quite ironic, considering. But... Um, no, I used to make brownies obsessively. Yeah. 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 And I don't know. I think I love food so much and want to love food but I don't know if food loves me back you know that's always been the way that I've seen it describe that a bit you know it's like unrequited love so it's like wanting to love something and be content and be happy but then something's not clicking you know there's something that's not being reciprocated do you mean there's never enough almost yeah it's you never unfulfilled Are you never full? No, I feel like I feel full, but like mentally I'm never full, you know? What about emotionally? Oh my God, no. Always, always trying harder to push and be like more filled with like... Okay. (laughs) So, okay, so you stress bake. Yes. Because I think if you're... You're very young, you're 21. Yes. I've got years, years (laughs) on you. (laughs) Um, I think if you are in a bulimic cycle mm-hmm. and you're eating carbohydrates, mm-hmm. I used to eat lots of bread. Yeah. I think they're like a blotter. No, for cotton sure. Cotton wool. Yeah. Just to mop everything yeah, up. Yeah, like just an absorbent, you know. So why are you... Uh, we'll go... Yes, why, why, um, why can't you keep your food down then? Why do you then want to get rid of it? I... The, I like, I feel like I'm not full, but I feel heavy. Okay. It's it's the weight. I think it's always been the weight. Where do you feel the weight? Like, 
just in my chest almost. In your chest? Yes. Like With your heart? In my chest and then in my stomach as well. That's kind of where it all resides. Because I was bullied for like a really long time. Were you? From like 6 to 18. What was that about? Just, um, they used to call me like a packy. Oh. And I'm, I do not look as Asian as I should. So your your dad was from Spain, Spain, and, my and your mum's from Pakistan. Pakistan. But like I don't, like I have a lot of like hair on my arms. My hair is very dark because I've got Asian features. Not particularly though. No, oh, really? this is not real. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> this is a dye. Underneath, it's jet black. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and. Um, they used to call me fat and just nasty, nasty things. And I didn't have any real friends for a really long time. So this is this is in London? Mm. We've lived in Battersea my whole life. So you were... Oh, I can't believe it because you're so young. So yeah. you were bullied. Were you fat? No. This is... Okay. The, I, I used to play... I played basketball religiously for five years, trained four, five times a week um, from like 12 to 16. Mm. And I was... I had abs. Like, I was not fat, but, like, I remember every day being like, I don't even want to look in the mirror. And me now looking back at pictures, I'm, like, heartbroken because, like, looking at myself now, I'm like, but then I'm like, I'm going to do this again in 10 years, you know? Like, it's a never-ending cycle. Wow. So when did it start, the bullying? Six? Yeah. And so at primary school? Yeah, pre- yeah. Or pre- no, primary school. Primary school, yeah, because I, like, I loved cutting my hair short. Yeah. I used to have boy cuts and pixie cuts all the time. Like, mm-hmm. when Posh Spice did it, yeah. I was like, I want a bob. <laughs> I'm having a bob. <laughs> and uh, they used to call me a boy. They used to say I looked stupid, looked ugly. And I just remember being like, but I love it. But now no one else does, so maybe now I hate it. And That's heartbreaking. It That's- was like I thought I knew who I wanted to be, but then no one else wanted me to be that person. So then it was like a whole identity crisis at six years old, you know? Like, this is from boys and girls? Oh, yeah, both. And why didn't you have any friends? Because you're very bubbly, beautiful, bright and I just, chatty. I think I've always been quite, let's have a conversation. Oh my God, like, hi, my, you know? I've always <laughs> been very energetic, very bubbly. Is a word that I commonly get used and described as. Yeah. But even like when we first met, I was very like, hi, yeah, nice I know, to meet. I, like, I the like way that, that I am yeah. in the shop. Like everyone was like, oh God. No, it's great. It's great. <laughs> so I think I was always a bit too much for people. Okay. So and they then wanted I, to bring you down because they felt overwhelmed. Yeah, and maybe. I got the weird and oh, she's so annoying. And so then I'd like bring myself down because there were certain people who couldn't handle me in quotation marks, you know? Like So how did you I completely understand mm. and that must have been awful. Yeah. Um how did that then translate into your eating disorder? I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. But when did it start? 16. You're very clear about that, 16. I didn't hit puberty till 16, so... Okay. I, like, I didn't have any periods, like, nothing. I was... Wow. And then all of a sudden, I was like, whoa, woman. <laughs> so was that a, was that a renunciation of oh, your femininity? Oh, I hated it. Ah. I hated it. Because I never used to have boobs. And I remember there's this one day where this boy comes into art class and he's like, Molly, are you sure you're not a boy because you've got no boobs? And I remember then getting them and not being very comfortable with my body. And then it kind of just spiralled into, is it my weight? Is it this? Is it that? And then it kind of just ended up... I was always surrounded by really skinny friends as well. Mm. And I know that's a terrible thing because, like, it shouldn't be about that. I know. Listen, it's an ongoing debate. It does just come down. Like, I was surrounded by, like, ballerinas and beautiful girls. Okay. And I was like, 
I just want to look like that. Okay. And that was seemingly the only way that my 16-year-old brain thought, mm, idea. So, and were they able to look like that because they were genetically like genetically that? Genetically like that. It was always genetically like that, though, you know, and I'd be there like, ugh. And would they say anything to you? Did you talk about it with um, them? I don't know. I think I'd always be like, God, I feel really fat today. And they'd be like, oh, you're not fat. Don't be silly. And, like, I know that's probably what you should say to someone, but it, no one ever went below the surface with that. It was always a very flippant comment, and that was that, you know? So you started being bulimic when you were 16. Yeah. Which means that you obviously had a need to eat because mm-hmm. you were hungry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you were... How did you feel then? Were you disgusted with yourself? Yeah, like, I remember we used to sit in the lunch hall mm-hmm. and this girl used to watch me eat. Oh. She'd be like, you eat so quickly. That's so disgusting. And, like, I just... And then everyone was like, yeah, actually, you do eat quite quickly. And then all of a sudden, I just never wanted to be seen eating again. Like, it was a terrifying experience because I just sat there. I was like... And then I went and I was like, I'm literally going to be sick on this table if I do not leave this room, you know? So you felt sick? Yeah. Did you involuntarily throw up or did that you make yourself sick? That one wasn't involuntary, but then I proceeded to make did it you? worse. Because you thought, ah, this, Here is, we are. this is a solution. Here we go, yeah. How long was it a solution for you? Or is it still a solution? I don't know. It's... I have waves of it. Right. Like it's like it used to be very solid, very like... So when continuous. you say solid, what do you mean by solid? Like I was probably making my sick after... My, my sick? Myself sick. <laughs> myself sick maybe after every meal. Mm, I did that. Yeah. And like wasn't even thinking twice about it, you know? Okay. It was kind of just, I'll eat, I'll do that. Maybe I'll eat again. Maybe I'll do it, you know? No one knows, no one knew. No. Um, that's why it was so difficult to start talking about it because it'd been a problem for so long. And I remember my best friend's mum caught me once. I think it, I think this was recently, actually, this time last year. Wow. Yeah, and that's when it came out to my family. <gasps> my mum caught me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My Tabby's mum. Tabby, who ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She caught me and she was like, Marley, what are you doing? And I was like... Nothing. Hysterically crying, shaking, like sick, still on my hands. Like, I'm fine. (laughs) What? What are you talking about? You know? And then she was like, I'm going to have to tell your mum. And I was like, let's not do that. (laughs) Okay, why? Why not tell your mum? I just... Through the years, I've been quite a problematic child. (laughs) Like, we fell out quite a few times because I've been like... I've not told the truth about where I was and then, like, lied about who I was with or where I was, like, as children do, you know? Are you a bit of a rebel? Mm, I wouldn't say so. Do you think you... Are they... Um, don't even know your parents. But, um, <laughs> are you, like, do you feel a bit con- constrained and...? My parents are divine. Like, they raised me so beautifully. I never wanted for a single thing. Like, I was very privileged as a child. But I think with that seeing the way other kids were treated... Because I had a curfew up until I was 18. My dad used to take my phone at 8 o'clock and be like, no, no wow. more. I had a bedtime until I was in my last year of sixth form. Did you? Yeah, what time yeah, did yeah. you go to bed? I went to bed at 10, 10.30. Cause so you've always been markedly Very different. regimented. Oh, but yeah. Not only is that... That is different. So everyone's telling you that you're different. Mm-hmm. And also, that is different Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, everyone was like, why can't you just come out with us? And I'm like, mm, no, sorry, can't do that. Had to tell... They knew where I was at all times. My dad would book me cabs home from parties at, like, 11. And I'd be home and the party would just be started and they'd be like, no, stay! And I was like, I can't! 
Do you have siblings? I have one older sister. Did she get treated the same? No, because she's perfect. It's ridiculous. Love her so much. She's my best friend. But, like, she did everything right. She was the model child. Like, she is so clean, is so, like, organised, knows what she wants to do with her life. And I'm like, let's act. (laughs) Let's write some poems. (laughs) So, yeah, because you're an actress and a poet. Yeah, so it's it's not a very realistic job if you think about it really the poetry side is easier because i can write and publish and have done all of those things but with acting it comes far and few between and so you told me we're going off the beaten track from food but we'll <laughs> but uh, I, I we am will, very bad with tangents we will i'm fine don't you worry we'll work <laughs> our way back there i'm just thinking about your parents mm. wanting you to be safe of course they're your parents yeah. um but when did you start acting Five. And you were bullied at six? Yes. Were you acting professionally when you were five? No. Just, okay. It was, a, it was never really... I never wanted to be, like, so, like, regimented with it. I wanted to enjoy it. So it was like I did stagecoach and after-school clubs oh. and, like, extracurricular, like, working at the Lyric and stuff like that, you know? Okay. I never wanted to be, like, she's going, she's doing that, she's on the stage, blah, blah, blah. Because I already had so much, like, sure. structure. Scheduled. So that, for me, was almost like an escape. Because I feel so confident on stage. Like, everything just... Still? If I, oh, anything so, on stage. Right, so this... I'm doing a tangent now. <laughs> See? I can't... I'm so I do. bad. No, I'm bringing us back. <laughs> so you have no self-consciousness about your no. physicality... Mm-mm your body or how you look on stage that's related to your bulimia no fascinating right what do you think about that i love it like i like having that moment to just be like i'm someone else right now but i think it is escapism because i'm never myself on stage you know okay but you don't mind being looked at no you want to be looked at. i love it but it's the same way that like i've been modeling for a really long time okay i love it like it really enjoy it i love people taking photos of me i was interviewing someone a couple of days ago yes they're an actress okay. and she was bulimic and she stopped being bulimic because she was desperate to be an actress mm-hmm. every time she goes on a film set mm-hmm. or gets in front of a camera mm-hmm. she finds it excruciating really yeah excruciating even not excruciating <laughs> and she has to go through this process where she disengages from her kind of sense of self which is a bit distorted yeah so it's very interesting that you're completely different mm. and no. you're, you, you just jump in. Yeah, no, there's something about learning my lines and doing it that just I transition into being someone completely different and nothing else is on my It's like, honestly, blank slate. I am just in that moment. If you're bulimic yes. and you have an acting job yes. and you've been throwing up, yes. don't you look different? I never see a difference. Yet. Yes, I suppose. Because you're still young. But obviously, I suppose, yes. Do you, do you find that your voice gets affected? Um, sometimes I am a little bit hoarse. Yeah. But I, can't, I quite like it. <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> no, 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 because you know, it's fine. Um, one time I did have a burst blood vessel in my eye. That was one... Tra- I remember I was working at the shop when it happened and this woman just wouldn't stop staring at me and I went home and I cried. And I cried and I cried and I was like, I've done this to myself ah. and I hate myself for doing it. Like, that was one of the big changes for me because I'd never had, like, a... I'm a very, like, 
face person, you know? Like, people look at me and think, oh, she's quite beautiful, you know? Yeah. She's nice to talk to. Yeah. And I never had bad skin growing up. Obviously, like, I was good for the weight thing, but it was never my face. Right. You know? Sure. And so that happening to me and me actually feeling, like, more ugly than, you know, all of that really, really, really struck a nerve with me because I was like, I don't even want to look at myself because Be- I've done this. And so did you feel ashamed of what you've done? Com- the shame, like, I don't think I've ever felt so ashamed. Did that change your behaviour? A little bit, yes. For how long? I'd say two months, three months. Okay. Quite, it was quite a big thing for me. Yeah. And then I almost forgot. And then, you know, it just you split back into things, you know. So you go in waves of bulimia. Yes, I do. So you, and you describe yourself as being bulimic. Yes. Not someone who used to be bulimic. No. Have you been anorexic? No, I don't think so. Do you starve yourself in between, sound like a teacher. Do you starve (laughs) yourself? You tell me now. In (laughs) between transference from me to you. Do you starve yourself in between bulimic episodes? Yes. Are you very strict with what you eat and? I think, the thing is, I think I, do the starvation thing and then I feel great because I wake up and I'm like who is she oh my god get the low-rise jeans out you know (laughs) and then my mom like I'll walk into the kitchen and I'll see something and I'm like if I don't eat that I think I will die okay because it's like a I think I get a little bit obsessed with food hundred uh, percent. If yeah. you have an eating disorder, you've got some yeah, I think obsession going like, on. I like, I look, I'm like, I need to eat that or I think I actually don't, I don't know if I can go on with my life, you know? So you do, And then it's a cycle. Your mum doesn't know. Yeah. She yeah. knows, but it's almost like a very taboo topic that no one in my family has really ever addressed slash... Would you like them to? When... This all came out when Sophie, my friend's yes, mum... let's get back to that. ...told, like it came... See, look at me. <laughs> Run up. this interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, my mum and I were having a little bit of an argument about God knows what, and she called me in and she said, I've sent you a list of therapist numbers. Um, you call one of them and figure this shit out, or, like, whatever is going on with you in your... Like, with you. Out of rage, you know, people say quite horrible things, and... That has subsequently forever put me off ever trying to fix anything. And what what would you like to have said in response? Um, I don't even have any words to respond. You know, I was so speechless and hurt Mm. that the one person who I wish would fix me just didn't, you know? What's your mum like with food? She's completely fine. Is she? You know? And your dad? Um, my dad is a gym fanatic. Okay. He was overweight as we when we were kids. Okay. And then I don't remember when it happened, but all of a sudden he got really thin, you know? He exercises five, six times a week. And I remember, like, there have been times where I've been eating something and my dad's like, do you really need to eat that? You Still? Know? No, not so much anymore. But, like, when I was, like, in that fragile stage of trying to figure out what my body's turning into. You know, you don't really want to hear that from your dad. No, you don't. (laughs) But, you know, but like then it's when either of them will be like, oh, you've lost so much weight, you look really good. And that for me is one thing that will forever make me feel like elated, you know? Is that your 
does that feel like your parents, obviously they're congratulating you. Is that, is that a little bit like them saying, oh, we love you. We love you really. Yeah, like peak affirmation, I feel like. But I don't know. I struggle with that whole idea of talking about it to my mother. Well, clearly. Because of, mm-hmm. you know, stuff. And, yeah, it's just... Okay. It's very interesting. You're listening to This Food Thing with me, Gemma Richards. Welcome back to This Food Thing. I'm here with the energetic, <laughs> is that how you described yourself? <laughs> Lovely Marley Khan Stokes. And off air there, we were just talking about her relationship with her mum. <laughs> what she can say and what off she can't say. Off the record. Say. Off the record, yes. And she was talking, Marley, you were talking about idolising your mum. yes. And also saying that she, everyone falls at her feet. Yeah, without and, fail. And that she's destroyed you in some way and is in part responsible for your eating disorder at the moment. Or that's how you see it or feel it at the moment. I think not just the eating disorder on its own. Right. And, like, it's not just her who's to blame, but obviously, like, she has assisted hand in hand, you know, with everything else. Okay. But I think it's hard because... I have idolised my mum my whole life. Like, she did mollycoddle my sister and I. Okay. My par- both my parents did. You know, we never wanted for anything. Everything we wanted, we got. Yeah. Within reason, obviously, like, we weren't, like, thrown diamonds, you know? Like, but <laughs> not far off. <laughs> I don't know. It's difficult to... Hate is such a strong word, but have hatred for someone you love so much, you know? Or normal. Yeah. I would say. Just yeah. much more difficult to bear. Mm. Particularly if it all consumes you. Mm. I'm interested in bulimia about mm. not being able to express your feelings. Yeah. And from my personal experience, mm-hmm. it was about a huge amount of rage mm-hmm. and an inability to express myself. And to not find the words and have the words land mm. wherever they needed to land. Yeah. And I kind of get a similar thing from you because you're very eyes and teeth all dancing, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. And then you have this thing that you do behind closed doors yeah. that everyone's let you down about. Mm. Um, can you talk about that a bit? I think yours was rage. Mine is sadness. Well, there's many things, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, the fir- my first go-to emotion with anything is... I'll cry. Okay. I get angry, I cry. Okay. I get upset, I hysterically cry. Sometimes if I'm happy, I'll cry. Like, it's my default factory mode. So why don't you just cry? Why isn't that enough? There's, I don't feel fulfilled after a cry. Which is weird because surely it should be a cathartic thing, you know? You cry, you move on. But for me, I think I cry and I dwell and it makes it worse. And I kind of, it spirals into that, um... I've confused myself as to where my point was going. Um, I said, why didn't you stop at the crying? Ah, well, yeah. And you said, I, didn't, I don't feel fulfilled. Yeah, no. It just, there's something... But this is the thing with the bulimia, it's never enough. Never enough. So I think it all kind of ties back into that I'm... It's never enough. Something else has to happen to be the final move, but I, I don't know what it is. But you must feel better. Then You must still be attached to it in some way... 
oh, it's difficult, isn't it? Mm. But it must make you feel better on some level. Although you less you, you do it less and less. Yeah. So it's not as effective as it used to be. No. And you're beginning to see it differently. Yes. What do you think about the health implications of it? Do you know what happens? Your organs shut down, mm. basically. Well, yeah, Don't amongst they? other things, they can do. Yeah. I know two people who died yeah. throwing up. Yeah. It was, um, oh no, she, uh, Karen Carpenter, she was anorexic. She was, she? yeah. She I'm, was. Like, I remember having an obsession with the Carpenters film. I don't know if you've ever yeah, seen it. Yeah. Obsessed with right. it growing up. Like, I love the Carpenters. They're mm. one of my uh, divine heroes, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember watching it and not ever realising that they're basically the same thing, you know? And she stopped. Yes. But yeah. her heart didn't, you know, like yeah. what it did. But she destroyed her own body even when she tried to bring it back. It was too late, you know? And it's so, it is terrifying when you see anything about it because you can't see what's going on inside you, you know? What happened with the therapy? Because you did mention also that you had some therapy. Again, I think we were off air. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, what happened with the therapy? How, well, how much did you have? Because I found it very difficult to recover yeah. without years, Help. Yeah. years of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember I got... Emergency therapy in sixth form because from, I was having from school because I was having like four panic attacks a day in the space of the six hours school day. Wow. Yeah, like couldn't go to lessons with, and I I'd, I'd go to lessons but I'd be hysterically crying, sat there just t- blood stream like blood shot yeah, eyes, blood shot eyes. tears because everything up. was so overwhelming. Everything was just too much. Too much. And I went to a different school, so I went to one school for. Secondary school, mm-hmm. and then I went to Chelsea ooh, Chelsea Academy. I went to okay. Chelsea Academy right. in Lots yeah. Road. Yeah. Um, safe to say, it was the worst two years of my life. Wow. Um, the only thing that actually got through it was my drama teacher and the drama department and my now boyfriend. Okay. Um, I, but that first year, I thought I'd made a friend who I'd have for the rest of my life, and then everything changed because I got accused of doing stuff with her boyfriend. Oh. I get that a lot, actually. I get so many accusations all the bloody time, and I'm like, please, God. Yeah, really? Really? No. So they intervened, the school? No. My drama teacher saw how distraught I was and was like, Marley, I want to put you in therapy. You need to talk to someone because I'm worried about you. Yeah. And so I went and I spoke to her, but every time I went, we'd talk, I'd cry, I'd leave... And I didn't feel any better or worse. Do you think it's because it was the wrong therapist or you just weren't ready for it? I don't think I was ever ready for it. You know, I didn't, I I had no idea who she was. I was taken into this little room in this part of the building that I'd never seen before. It was always like, either during my lunchtime or during like a free period where I wouldn't want to be doing that, you know? Or it was like on a day where, oh, I've had a bad day, I don't want to talk about it. Or, oh, I'm having a good day, I don't want to talk about it, you know? There was always something excusing me from it. Okay. And also not having any friends at 17, 18, like no friends. Like I'd eat lunch on my own and with my boyfriend. But you have a boyfriend, okay. But does he know about all this? He does, yes. He's very, he very, very, very incredible with me. Fantastic. He, the like I'm very emotion filled, mm-hmm. feels, feels everything, tells mm-hmm. everything, like I tell mm-hmm. all, feel all. Mm-hmm. He's the complete opposite. So sometimes he just looks at me and he's like, what? And, but he's brilliant. 
but at the time like there is an age gap between us like I'm older than he is so like okay. he shouldn't have to be like I don't put it all on him okay because also like no one should do that you know well no no like to to the fullest extent obviously like mm-hmm. give and take mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. and at the time like he was like young we were young you know we we're in school you're still young you're still young but so does that put your therapy then do you think uh, here's a question for <laughs> you do you think that you your bulimia will just peter out which is highly possible mm-hmm. do you think one day you'll just go that's enough i'm going to stop mm-hmm. or do you think you're going to need it for a little while longer and keep it going until it gets unbearable I think I'll keep, I do think it will be with me for a little bit longer. Like, I do think that it's a very hard thing because I was meant to go into an ED ward clinic y thing at the start because my mum wanted me to. She was like, this is a list of numbers, sort it out, you know? And I called, I went to my doctor. She didn't go to your doctor with you, with you? No, no, I went on my own. My dad booked me the appointment. I'm interested that they did it from afar. Yeah. That they went, well, here you go. It's your problem. You go and sort it out. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Like, my dad booked me the appointment. He came in. He was like, come on, get up. It's at 10.15. It's like 9.30. I'm like, this is not enough time to mentally prepare myself. Um, And I went in. And as my hand touched the door, I started crying like, to open the door to go in and talk to her. And this doctor, she sadly no longer works at the practice, but the most phenomenal woman that mm. I've ever met in the medical industry. Wow. Stunning, like, stunning. Wow. She's an incredible, wonderful, beautiful South African woman. Yeah. And she just sat me, she, she got me from the door, because, like, she was sat down and then looked up and she came, she got me, she sat me down. She was like, take time, here's some tissue, do you want some more? Like, really attentive and it took me a little bit. Like, I did go over my 15-minute slot. <laughs> and I spoke to her about it. And she was like, I'm going to have to ask you some really uncomfortable questions. It is uncomfortable, isn't it's, it? Are you I'm, uncomfortable now talking about it? I know you, I feel like, you know, so And, like, mm-hmm. I know that you've been through exactly the same thing. So it's easier to feel unashamed. Right. When I'm talking to someone who's had quite similar experiences, you know? Yeah. But say you were just like fascinated about the topic and wanted to speak to people about it. Yeah. I'd 100% be so ashamed right now. Right. I might feel some shame later. Right. If I, yeah, if I when know. I listen to it back, I'm going to be like, so irked right now. <laughs> but for now, all right. So we're going to go with it. <laughs> no, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. It's good. Do you, th- do you think it's good? Because it's good getting, really, getting it's it out. It's really nice. And then it's out and it's in the space. And yeah. It's like, yeah, these these things happen. Yeah, but it is that behind closed doors, like no one really talks about bulimia. What about your? I'm into because you're you know it's a completely different generation from me. Yeah. What about your? You have friends now. I know you have yes. friends now. Finally made it. Yes. Well done. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but no, like Tabby is. This is your best friend. Yes. Right. Okay. We grew up together. I've known her all my life. Okay. Um, she's very. You know this is going to kill you, right? If you keep doing this, she's very strict right. on that. Oh, you, you know do that you have someone like that. Oh, she is. Ah. When my when I burst that blood vessel in my eye, she was like, "You've done this." Like she's very, not in such a horrible. She's no, very shaming it. me, you I know. Get it. I get but it. I think I need that, you know. And then I've got my other friend who's very. It's all right. Like we can work through this because she was. I think she had anorexia. Right in school okay and so she understands to a certain extent you know okay so she's like 
I'm going to wait here with you. You know, like, we can go out for food. If you've got to go, like, that's okay. But I'd rather you didn't. So take your time. We'll do it together, you know? So then I've got an attentive friend. And it's difficult because as much as I'd love both of them to help me and be the reason why I stop and that be that, yeah, it's not enough no. for me to be like, okay, fine. None of that. So None I would fine. guess mm. that you... Of course you know that it's you that has to make the change. It is me, 100%. But I would also, I'm going to assume something, and yeah. you can tell me that I'm wrong. I would, as I said kind of earlier, I would assume that you're not ready. Yeah. Sadly, and teacher Gemma is correct. Yes, please. Thank <laughs> you. I'll put my mortarboard on. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Because yes. you have to be ready yes, to make any I change don't. like that. However destructive, we all know mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to be ready. Um, do you think it holds you back from living your full potential at the moment? Do you think it's getting in the way? Mm, in the midst of a global pandemic, no. But probably, <laughs> that all yes. Ex- that all excuse of the <laughs> yes, pandemic. Yes, it is. Blame it on COVID. Yeah, how does it... So, but you talked about your acting and your writing and you said that it didn't affect that. Yes, did you so we I'm, what I'm trying to say is mm. but you're working in a shop yes and you're clearly a trained actress yes I know what the industry's like so <laughs> not being naive no is there um so when I was uh, had my eating disorders mm-hmm. when I was your age mm-hmm. um I was incapable of doing anything other than very basic work yes like cleaning mm-hmm. or Waitressing, not mm-hmm. the waitressing is basic, mm-hmm. but it was, they were very, I used to do very servile mm-hmm. jobs. Mm-hmm. And that helped me a lot mm-hmm. because I didn't have any confidence. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was good enough for anything else, even though I was trying to make it as an actress. Mm-hmm. Does that resonate with you? Um, I, I worked in a bar in um, the English National Opera Theatre. Okay. For That was my first ever job at 18. That's where I went, I did that. And then I quit that. I moved to Spain, mm-hmm. put on a ridiculous amount of weight. Oh. I think I put on 10 kg. Were you bulimic in Spain? Yes, I was. Okay. And it got r- really vicious cycle of, usually between spurts, I do starve myself between it. Right. But there it wasn't, there was no, none of that. Like I just keep, eating did you feel free looking back I probably shouldn't have because I was drinking and I was eating and I was just overcompensating for something you know but when I was there I don't think I've ever been as happy as I was I think you were feeling free I felt you let go wonderful if I'm gonna put it frankly Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah like it was so hot and I was like just having such a beautiful time and my mum desperately wanted me to come home desperately wanted me to come home and I was like no I'm not coming home how long were you there for two and a half months okay I was like Jordan Belfort I'm not leaving (laughs) you know there was nothing getting me on that plane home but then my cousin was getting married and it was like a full-on Asian wedding so like I had to be there yeah you know my aunt had come from um, Mombasa who I'd never met before right so if I didn't come home it was sure. very very bad of me very bad so I came back and my dad had booked me the flight originally for my birthday for my 20th 20th birthday for my mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I went for a week and I was like why am I going home 
because I was staying with my mum's friend and they fell out. They're not friends anymore. Happened while I was there. So it kind of added to why my mum wanted me to come home. And I didn't put it into perspective because I was like, I'm having too much fun. I don't care about anyone else. I want to be here. I feel f wonderful. I don't have to do anything apart from like tutor these kids and then I get to go gallivant around the world. So, but you came home. Unemployed. And, ah, okay. Huge. Right. Like, huge. And everyone was like, my mum was like, Molly, you're a bit big. I was like, how dare you say that to me? Like, oh, so how you spoke dare back? you? Was that the first yeah. time you've spoken back? Yeah, like, I was like, don't, I'm, me, I'm petite. Right. I'm going to put a crop top on right now. Looking back, definitely shouldn't have been allowed to say that. I was, I was very large, but I didn't see it. And that's the first time that I've ever been... I wasn't overweight. I was still within my, like, BMI normal. Yeah, yeah. But it was on the heavier that's side. That's how you feel, isn't it? I was, I was completely oblivious. Now, looking back, I've lost... I think I was 69 kilograms, and now I'm 59. But, but why did you not then go back to Spain? Um, with everything that unfolded with my mum and her friend okay it wasn't a plausible idea for me to go back you're listening to this food thing with me Gemma richards welcome back to this food thing i'm here with marley <laughs> And we were talking about your... Uh, Spanish excursion. Spanish excursion, <laughs> yeah. And how you felt free and yet yes. you were still bulimic. Yes. But you just said uh, in, in not such an aggressive way. Yes. What does that mean? Um, I think it was less of a dependency thing, you know? Okay. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to eat this and then I'll go do it. Okay. I'll feel better after that. Because sometimes I'd eat and I'd be like, that was really lovely. Ah. I feel really like the atmosphere is great. I'm happy. I don't feel like I've got any like stresses and I'd be fine. I'd keep it all down. Some days I'd do the whole day and I'd be fine. One time I did it like three days in a row. I was like, Phew. is that your longest? Look at me. Um, I've done like a month, two months where I haven't been. Okay. Because I've either been preoccupied, like there's not enough time in the day for it, basically. That sometimes happens. Yeah. Or I just, I've been in the. And I've been okay. So do you do you um, eat a meal and then throw up, or will you have whatever feelings you're having that mm -hmm. are uncomfortable, mm -hmm. binge and then throw up, or do you do both? It's a bit of both. A bit of both. Yeah. So we have talked a bit about shame, mm -hmm. and you talked about sadness mm -hmm. and how crying wasn't fulfilling, mm -hmm. which means that you probably want to feel full of something rather than empty. Yes. Mm, you went, yes. Well, because then it's the emptiness of the starving yourself, you know, which I'm a big fan of. But you like filling yourself. I do. But then it's weird because most of the time it's the filling, the filling, the filling that makes me happy. But then sometimes it's almost this rush I get from not eating. Yeah, of course. It's like a... Oh it's gosh. a high, yeah. Wow, it is a high, 100%. Yeah. It's so addictive. Do you think you... This is. I don't know if this is going to make sense mm. or if even if it's worth asking, but do you think that when you're 
you're filling yourself with mm-hmm. whatever it is. And you said right at the beginning that mm-hmm. you felt in your body, you felt it in your chest, yes. which makes me think about your heart. Yes. And then you felt it in your stomach. Yes. Is there a moment where you might, let's say you're filling yourself with love, mm-hmm. aren't you? Mm-hmm. You're trying to make yourself feel better. Mm-hmm. Is there a moment that you've ever gone, been conscious of, I just don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. This isn't for me. I'm not the person who who yeah. is deserving because I'm the I'm the person that's that's different yeah. and and that causes problems yeah. and and I'm trouble. I must get rid of it. Yeah. Have you have you narrated it like I've, that? I think like I have manifested it into words in the sense of like why do I do this? Why do I have to be like this on top of everything that I've been through? You know, and it's the difficulty of processing that it's not my fault. You know. But you choose to do it. There was a really long time, though, that it was like, I've not done this to myself. I've continued it, for sure, like I've amped it up. But it wasn't like I sat there one day and I was like, I'm going to be this person, you know? It kind of just spiralled into it with everything and that was the only way out that I could see helping me, you know? Do you ever imagine what it would be like just to sit with the sadness? Oh, I think it would be excruciating. You know? it need to be a bit older a bit more resilient yeah I think I don't think I know how to process emotions yet because I think I've had so many different contradicting things thrown at me well you're like a sort of chalice yeah where everyone's put their penny worth in yeah and you're trying to contain it whilst I'm trying to grow as well you know and I would I would offer up Mm. or suggest that um and this is partly from my experience Mm -hmm. that you're actually holding particularly what you've said about your family but you're holding the emotions from your mum, your dad, your sister, all the relationships, it's kind of all gone into the Marley pot. Mm. And as you said, excruciating. And that's unbearable. It's like you're the sponge absorbing all of it. And then you're left to get on with it by yourself. Yeah. Well, you're told to get on with it by yourself. Yeah. Um, like Like everyone knows that I can't process emotions properly. And there was an instance in my family where something happened and I didn't find out for a really long time. And... Whoa. Process emotions properly. Well, I don't... I don't what do you mean? I know. What does that mean? Like, because, like, everyone... Like, growing up, like, when I'd cry, my dad would be like, like, really? Why are you crying? Like, maybe, why are you crying? Maybe... The, maybe that was... His. <laughs> maybe he couldn't process yeah. emotions properly. But, like, it is the whole thing. Like, I do cry with everything. And then they tried to... They... they People say that I try to make it about me. But it was never an instance of I'm crying because I want the attention to be on me. It's like I'm such an empathetic person that it's almost like I'm then absorbing what they're going through and I'm crying because I'm always, like, grieving what's going on. Do you walk down the street and feel assaulted, your senses? Do you pick everything up as you walk down the street? Like, I really struggle to not be very, like, in tune with what's going on around me. That's like, hard, isn't it? People are so... E- like, some people... I really envy the people who can just block everything out. In a way. Well, maybe you need to learn. Maybe you will... Yeah, maybe that's and that's why I hope that gradually I can go into that and be able to be like, breathe. That doesn't concern you. Let's focus on this right here, right now, you know? And then maybe you'll be able to hold on to emotions and yeah. feelings. And then maybe you won't need to purge them and get rid of them yeah it is the purging that is something that i need to it sounds like it works for you i know it's a bit <laughs> contentious to say yeah but it, it is a coping strategy for and sure. you probably need it right now mm-hmm. 
Okay, I'm going to switch on to something completely different. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for your bravery and your candour. Amazing. So this is my last question. Okay. Okay. <laughs> if you could only take five foods to an island... Okay. What would they be? You can have a store cupboard. Okay. Salt and pepper, olive okay. oil. Oh, wonderful. Okay. You have whatever you want. I think I'd take, definitely, right now, all I can get enough of is pears. So there would be some Kamis pears there, for sure. Maybe some kohlrabi, because that's a great snack, too. Um, mac and cheese okay. is my favourite thing in the whole world. Okay. I have an acute obsession with mac and cheese. So you've got pears, 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 kohlrabi, kohlrabi, mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Um, I feel like I'd want some meat. So maybe like, maybe like a fillet steak. Okay. <laughs> okay. And Haven't you got that in the mac and cheese? In the mac and cheese already. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. What am I doing? Talking about your food choices. Maybe. Oh my off. God. You could just like mix it all together. Then I get an extra oh, choice. Oh, mac and cheese is macaroni cheese. Yes. Oh, it's not a burger. What's a burger mac and cheese? I don't know. I'm making it up. I'm vegan. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> Sorry. I won't say um, anything. Maybe. Oh, no. Actually, I swap. The steak for some sea bass. Okay, Much and you've better. got one more. Okay. Um, I don't know whether I want more fruit or if I want chocolate. <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> I want chocolate, you probably. You want chocolate, yeah. Yeah. I want, at, no, I'll take it all back. Marks and Spencers have started doing these yum-yums. Mm-hmm. That, that's okay. my final decision. Marley, you get the yum-yum. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you very much for being on this Thank food thing. Thank you so it's much, been a Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'd love to know your favourite bit from this episode. Let me know on Instagram at This Food Thing Podcast or join us again in the next episode. <laughs>